Mayo Clinic Radio presents a conversation about the Cancer Nutrition Consortium with Mayo Clinic gastroenterologist Dr. Paul Limberg and board member Terry McJoint. This podcast was recorded on May 22nd, 2017. Tracy, treatments for cancer, as you well know, actually, mm-hmm. things like radiation, chemotherapy can wreak havoc on patients. And it's not easy, you know, being treated for cancer. And I can actually attest to that fact. My wife, having just gone through treatment for uh, breast cancer, there were some tough times. The chemotherapy, the the radiation, none of it's easy. No. And you had both too, yes. didn't you? Common side effects of treatments can include nausea, vomiting, fatigue, and weight loss, and they can make getting proper nutrition difficult and challenging. In an effort to improve the lives of cancer patients, leading cancer centers in the United States, including the Mayo Clinic, have formed the Cancer Nutrition Consortium through research and collaboration with health, industry, and culinary experts. The Cancer Nutrition Consortium offers recipes and resources for those undergoing cancer treatment. Here to discuss is Mayo Clinic gastroenterologist Dr. Paul Limberg and Terry McJoint, a Mayo Clinic operations administrator and a member of the Cancer Nutrition Consortium's board of directors. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Dr. Limberg, uh, Terry McJoint, so nice to have you with us. So Proper nutrition for patients undergoing cancer treatment can certainly be a challenge. I can say that 29 years ago when I was diagnosed, this was not part of our discussion. So that must be something that we've learned over the years. Dr. Lindbergh? Yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity to talk about this important topic. I do think that it is something that we are paying more attention to these days. You know, as our cancer therapies hopefully have gotten better, they're more effective, they're hopefully more tolerable to our patients, then we can focus on some of these other um, equally important areas to try to improve not only their quality of life, but their overall health as well. So focusing on nutrition, making sure that people can be um, healthy while they're undergoing these necessary treatments is really the goal of all of the things that we do uh, in that nutrition space and also with activities, stress resilience, all those uh, different areas. Uh, What is it, uh, what are the issues when you're undergoing either chemotherapy or radiation? What makes it difficult for a, a patient to eat? What I hear from my patients, Tom, is that even foods that they previously might have enjoyed are different during the time of chemotherapy or radiation therapy. So foods may not smell the same, foods may not taste the same, foods may not be um, appetizing like they were prior to this life-changing event and and the treatments that go along with it. So what we wanted to learn with Terry's help and with the wonderful organizations we had a chance to partner with is how can we actually ask the right questions for these patients who need a different approach to nutrition so that we can meet their needs in in a better way. It seems like uh, that this has obviously been a problem ever since chemotherapy came on the scene some, what's it been, 50 years ago? Probably pretty close to 50 years ago. But uh, I think in some ways the problem has gotten a little bit better because you're better able to control the, the nausea and the vomiting. I can remember uh, back in the early days when methotrexate was the treatment for kids with uh, osteosarcoma, bone cancer, they were in the hospital, they, were, they, they could never do this as an outpatient, and they vomited continuously. Extremely difficult problem. Still have the same problem, but not to the same scale, right? It, it's, in some ways, it's better. Yeah, I, I think definitely the drugs have changed, the tolerance and the effectiveness have changed. And again, back to now we can focus on these things that otherwise we we maybe just didn't pay enough attention to in prior days. How important do you think good nutrition is to helping the patient actually fight the cancer? 
I, I think there are benefits to nutrition that we're only beginning to understand. And I think particularly in this population where not only are we trying to control or eliminate the cancer, but also make sure that people can maximize their ability to um, experience effective life-saving drugs, it, it just makes the, the issue so much more important. Which is the bigger culprit uh, in general, the chemotherapy or the radiation? I'm, I'm not sure that anybody would um, have uh, the same answer. From, from my standpoint, I would like to look at the person more holistically. So the disease process and the treatments and how can we individualize the nutrition needs for that person. Well, what is it that you've learned that you need to change or address when it comes to cancer patients? What has the consortium figured out? So I, I'll, I'll let Terry add in uh, her comments as well, but I, I do think that understanding that um, People who are receiving chemotherapy, radiation therapy, cancer treatment have different needs than the general population. That, that is something that maybe we just don't give enough recognition to. So how can we make sure that we've got the right texture, the right odor or, or, or lack of, uh, you know, so that somebody doesn't smell a food and, and not want to oh even eat gosh. it? You know, coffee is a, is a very powerful uh, has a very strong scent to it, and some people may like that. Some people might be totally turned off from that. So we want to make sure that we can individualize for that person um, whatever it is that they want, food and beverages that can help them maintain their nutrition status. I remember, um, f well, for myself, it was a long time ago, but I remember the mouth sores being a huge problem. But probably a bigger problem for me was the list of foods that I could not eat because they would have an uh, effect on the medication that I was taking. That has to be something that plays into what the consortium will end up recommending. Mm -hmm. What the consortium uh, found through this study is that about 84% of the patients experience fatigue, and then mentioning mouth sores, we know that over 12% experience that. So it really um, affects what you put into your body or what you choose not to eat at all. What we found is that people that uh, experienced fatigue um, were making their own meals, and so they didn't have the energy to wait uh, for a meal to be cooked, and so they went without. So further inducing the fatigue, so then what happens, they um, don't have the energy to attend an event or a family function, and they become isolated. So um, what we hope is that improving nutrition will improve um, their experience, their life uh, quality, so that they can stay engaged in family events and in the community. I suspect that there are different levels of nutritional inadequacy based on the kind of treatment and the cancer involved, right? I mean, so let's say you had cancer of the pancreas and you're getting chemotherapy and you're getting radiation to your abdominal wall. Nutritional issues are, would be greater for someone like that as opposed to a, a lymphoma patient where the, the uh, chemotherapy is, is much more benign. That's right, and I think we have the pleasure of working with our you know, expert colleagues across Mayo Clinic to understand the medical side of the nutritional needs of the patient as well as the social elements that Terry was mentioning in terms of, you know, I just don't feel good enough to make any kind of meal, whatever it is that I should be eating. Is there a way that you can objectively measure whether or not the patient's nutrition is adequate? There are. There are. Um, 
equations that I probably learned in medical school but don't have at my fingertips anymore. <laughs> Please don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> to think through what are the, the, what's the basal, basal metabolic rate, what are the nutritional needs for somebody that's undergoing the stress of a disease and also a treatment, and um, our dietitians, our nutrition experts can figure out, you know, based on all of those different parameters, not only how many calories should an individual take in, but what should those calories be con con composed of, excuse me, um, with respect to, you know, sugars and proteins and, and uh, fats and, and all of those different elements. We are talking about cancer nutrition with a member of the board of directors of the Cancer Nutrition Consortium, Ms. Terry McJoint, and also gastroenterologist Dr. Paul Limberg. Time for Mither Matter of Fact. All right, here we go. Myth or matter of fact, all patients undergoing cancer treatments should be taking vitamins and supplements. Dr. Limberg, are you going to take that one? I'd be happy to, Tracy. So I, I do think that there um, are advantages to some uh, vitamins and supplements, but I, I don't think all patients necessarily need to follow that approach. The, the best advice we could give our patients is to make sure that your clinicians, your physician and care team are aware of what you're taking. So please don't be afraid to tell us about what supplements you may or may not be using because they can have positive effects, but they may also interact with some of the other medications that we're prescribing. Do you ever remember recommending to a patient that they take a multivitamin or take a specific supplement? Absolutely. Um, and I spend a lot of my career um, trying to prevent cancer as well, Tom. And in that context, there are some very uh, powerful, potent uh, supplements, vitamins that seem to have cancer preventive effects. So I think in the right context, there may be different uses for vitamins and supplements than there may be in the chemotherapy, radiation therapy patient. Now, wait a minute. I want to follow up on that. He said that maybe there was something that we could take to prevent cancer. Is that what I heard <laughs> you say? So there's a field of science called chemo prevention, uh, which deals with how can we prevent the disease before it becomes invasive. Cells in the body become abnormal, sometimes for triggers that we can understand, like cigarette smoking, sometimes for reasons that we, we haven't figured out yet. Sure. But there are um, things like vitamin D, uh, selenium, calcium in some studies have been shown to reduce the incidence of various types of cancers, at least in animal, animal models, and there are some human data to support those uh, hmm. preventive uh, potential effects anyway. At this point, there's not a blanket recommendation to take vitamins and supplements to prevent cancer, but we're working on it. All right, that's what I needed to know, because you don't take any. <laughs> I, I don't take vitamins and supplements to prevent cancer. Okay, got it. Terry, tell us who is involved in the Cancer Nutrition Consortium, because that's what we want to talk, learn more about. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, this was actually um, an initiative by Dr. Bruce Moskowitz. He's the uh, founder of the effort. And he really struggled um, with his patients that were undergoing chemotherapy and radiation therapy uh, with nutrition. And so he reached out to seven of the world's leading cancer centers to see if uh, we could come together uh, to conduct a research study uh, to develop some measures to help these patients. What did the research find? The research included over 1,200 people. Um, we understand that the, um, the largest factor of um, cancer treatment is significant fatigue. Next is comp uh, constipation, poor appetite, um, reflux, indigestion, just a myriad of uh, symptoms that really affect the quality of life for our patients. 
Dr. Moskowitz spearheaded this effort through the Bruce Moskowitz and um, Bruce and Marcia Moskowitz Foundation. It includes participation from the New York University Cancer Center, Dana Farber, the Sidney Kimmel Comprehensive Cancer Center and jo at John Hopkins, the University of Chicago, of course Mayo Clinic Cancer Center and Cedar sinai along with Roswell Park. So a large group of world-leading cancer centers. Jeremy Jacobs, who happens to be the chairman and CEO of Delaware North, who is also the owner of the Boston Bruins, <laughs> provided a portion of um, support through the food service. He uh, supports through the hospitality service. So did through this effort, did you come up with just recommendations or there, there's recipes, right? Over 200 recipes on the website. And then uh, our partnership with Hormel um, was a great success. We have uh, over-the-counter meals that are very convenient for patients. Um, you can actually have them at room temperature, which makes it easy for patients that have multiple appointments or they're traveling. And then um, shakes and some other products online. But you said over-the-counter meals, sorry. Uh, um, you mean you, you go to the store, what do you look for that says, you know, you're a cancer patient this is what you ought to be eating. It's Vital Cuisine, and vital. you can get them okay. online today. Um, I think there's five. And the next stage of our project is to uh, focus on pediatric and geriatric patients. So there'll be more specific meals coming for those particular groups. And now I'm such a junkie for recipes. Did you yeah. say that there's recipes online so you can actually go and find recipes that are great for cancer patients? Yes, and these recipes were developed by uh, master chefs from the Culinary Institute in New York, and they are phenomenal. Um, I enjoy them. They have a, I'm just going to share this, they have a chocolate pudding that's made with avocado, <laughs> and it tastes just like chocolate pudding. It's phenomenal. Some of their but, but the reason why it's good then is because it's sneaky, because you're getting nutrition in with the chocolate pudding. Yes, and you don't even know it. That's good. You don't taste the avocado. You just taste the pudding. Well, yeah. I love avocado, but well, having more nutritious chocolate pudding, I'm always on board yeah, with that. Yeah. Th these recipes, Master Chefs, um, and you've got 200 recipes, and you mentioned that they're on your website, but we, we've got to know where's your website. The website is cancernutrition.org. So what's next for this Cancer Nutrition Consortium? Do you have more work yet to do? It is. We really want to become a solid resource for uh, cancer patients. And so this is a, our website is a great resource for patients to ask questions, get answers. What we found early on is that there were either lacking uh, information for nutrition or conflicting information. So we brought all that together as a solid resource for our patients. And our next step, we're hoping to develop future studies um, in geriatric and pediatric patients, and then develop recipes uh, specifically for those age groups. When you asked the master chefs to come up with some recipes, what were the guidelines that you gave them? What did you say you really wanted? Um, well, we, um, as Dr. Lindbergh mentioned, some of our patients react to strong aroma. Um, so we had to develop recipes that had low aroma, were quick uh, to make, 
in the recipes we wanted to make at least four servings at a time and they had a limit of seven servings uh, I'm sorry seven ingredients and it had to be easily purchased ingredients okay so nothing too outlandish correct we wanted simple ingredients that sure. were easy to make we found that over 53 percent of our patients were um, creating the meals themselves Hmm. And um, the other 20% was a spouse or a, a family member. Dr. Lindbergh, have you been able to uh, use this as you help treat patients? It has, and I, I think this is a tremendous resource, and I think it will continue to grow, as Terry pointed out. You know, sometimes the simple things have the biggest impact, and so being able to allow cancer patients to, to live a more normal life, um, not only to take better care of their health, but to just do the things that they wanted to do, would like to continue continue to do even while they're undergoing treatment like preparing a meal or at least sharing a meal with family members and, and friends. Uh, I think it's just it can't be overemphasized. So just want to say thank you to Terry for making the connection for our cancer center and also to all of the supporters who have um, participated in this study. Terry, wonderful work. A couple of things that you mentioned that uh, I want to make sure our listeners hear, and that is there are over-the-counter meals available for patients who are undergoing cancer treatment, and they are called Vital Cuisine. And your website is cancernutrition.org. Correct. All right. Mayo Clinic gastroenterologist Dr. Paul Limberg. Mayo Clinic Operations Administrator and a member of the Board of Directors of the Cancer Nutrition Consortium, Terry McJoint. Thanks so much for being with us, both of you. Our pleasure. Thank you. Any medical information conveyed during this program is not intended as a substitute for personal medical advice, and you should not take any action before consulting a healthcare professional. For the latest in health and medical news, go to newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org.